welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women in Soul Care series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. Who is the renegade woman? She is the woman who behaves in an unconventional manner. She is the woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion to overcoming, to serving, and to bettering the world in any other number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern-day necessity. The care of the soul was and is central to our spiritual life. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters because soul neglect happens, soul deprivation is real, and caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. The following is a beautiful quote from Ken Geyer. He says, The soul, though at all times hidden, is at all times revealed, expressing itself through everything we say and do. Through the ordinary brushstrokes of everyday life, a portrait of our soul is being painted. Such an eloquent expression. In the process of being renegade women and caring for our souls, we must remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. Welcome to Renegade Women and Soul Care. Today, my guest is Peggy Grimes, and she is a renegade woman. Here's a little bit from Peggy's bio. Peggy is a coach, teacher, public speaker, and author. After completing her own healing journey, following more than 46 years with a narcissist, bipolar husband, she became passionate about helping other women succeed in their healing journey. She spent 20 years as CEO of a large nonprofit in Montana before retiring and moving to Jacksonville, North Carolina. Peggy leads an inner healing program for women in her church and is a prophetic team leader. She shares lessons learned from her own healing experience through her private and group coaching programs, public speaking, television, and print media, as well as at conferences, retreats, and seminars. Her heart is for the walking wounded who need healing from past trauma to discover their life mission and purpose with passion and authority. Peggy, welcome to Renegade Women in Soul Care. Oh, Arlana, thank you so much for inviting me. I am so excited to be here. Oh, well, thank you. I know it's going to be a great conversation. You are a powerful and dynamic woman that just exudes the love of Christ in caring for other people's souls. So I'm so excited to hear more about what you're up to and then see what you have to say. All right. The first thing I just want to ask is to ask everybody is, so let's talk about how we met. You know, it's interesting because in my soul um, healing journey, and once I started actually ministering to women, I said to the Lord, I said, you know what, Lord, I need to, you know, this is a ministry you gave me, but I need to know how to move this ministry forward. You know, the things that I, I need some training, I need some understanding. And of course, like most of the people in Kingdom Builders Academy, they have the same story. The, the Holy Spirit led them there. Yes. And he did the same with me. And, and I have to say, um, as I went through, you know, the, the program in, in Kingdom Builders, I learned so much on the, the business side of ministry, I've been in ministry for years. My husband and I uh, created a um, ministry. We started a ministry back in 1995 called White Raymond Ministries. So I had been in ministry, but just really learning how to market that ministry, how to really look at the business side of a ministry, because there is a business side as well. You know, we, we all look, like to focus on the, the ministry side, but we still have to care for the other side. So I learned so much from that. And that's where you and I met, Arlana. I was one of the inner circle coaches as well. And, and just really, I'm so thankful for uh, the Lord sending me to Kingdom Builders because number one of the, of the people that I met the, there and it is like a family because so many of us now, we continue, whether we finished our training or not, we continue to stay in contact with one another. And I love that. Yes, I do too. And you've stated it so eloquently. It was was and is such a great thing that we learned about the business side a little bit more. There are so many people that haven't had training in that area 
of making it run and work, you know, I mean, which is part of the process. We, I, I'll say me, get all involved in the beautiful spiritual stuff and the overcoming and the restoration and the healing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you got to pay your bills too, you know? Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, so that was, that was really wonderful. And I, like you have met amazing women and found beautiful friendships and great prayer partners. So I'm just very, very thankful that that opportunity came up to me as most people, as you stated, was the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm just so thankful for that. Amen. Yes. Yes. Well, what would you like the listeners to know in addition to what's on your bio, Peggy? Well, you know, I, as we talk about ministry, I mean, that is my passion that, you know, after spending that time, all of those years broken and, and just wounded, um, and not realizing I was so broken and wounded. And I didn't realize that until actually after my husband passed away, that was about, uh, almost eight years ago. Uh, but when he passed away, I, I went to the Lord and I said, well, Lord, who am I now? You know, yeah. I looked in the mirror, honestly, I was standing in front of the mirror and I looked at the woman in the mirror and I said, I don't even know that woman. Yeah. I don't like what she looks like and I yeah. don't like how she acts. And so, you know, I, I just went to the Lord and said, Lord, I, I need help. And it wasn't really maybe a month after that when my my pastor actually gave a sermon on healing uh, she had just read the book, Healing the Wounded Soul, and she had so much to say about it and, and talked so much about soul healing. I'd never heard that before. I had no idea what it was. So I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me at that point and said, that's what you need. Yeah. So I just I just dived in and I spent about two years really going through my own healing journey, which was amazing. I, I have to say that that it's it's a step. You have to be brave. In order yes. to really start on that journey, a lot of people start on it, but they don't complete that journey. And so, because it can be really difficult, yes. so you, you really have to to buck up and be brave to to step in there. But I was determined. I wanted to be healed, and once I was, the Lord really gave me such a ministry for other women who are in that same condition. And it's been the joy of my life to actually be able to be in full-time ministry for to women who are traumatized. And, yeah. you know, it's very interesting because, um, as you know, in Kingdom Builders, you know, they, they're trying to help you to take your, your ministry to a higher level. Right. But the Lord had said to me, once I had come, come out of, of Kingdom Builders, once I had finished my training and come out, I was starting to do my business and I was looking mainly at the business side because, I mean, I just come through all that training and the Lord said to me one day, he said, Peggy, it's not about you. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness. So I stepped back and I said, what do you want? And he opened up in front of me this ministry ministry. And he said, he had me redo my whole website and actually, I'm not on there. What he did is he had me set it up as a ministry so that yes. my heart was my heart was hurting because there were people really who could not afford a program of, of healing. Right. They needed it so badly. So I was finding myself scholarshipping so many people. Yeah. I said, Lord, I need I need help in this. So he he literally took me through a way to be able to both allow people who really could afford a program to be able to sponsor other yeah. people who can't. Wow. And, and so the, the way he set my ministry up, I mean, he literally set it up as a course, not as a program. Right. People can come in, they can donate through the ministry. Um, he had me set the ministry back up again and they can come in through the ministry. They can sponsor somebody. It's just been so amazing. And now I have other people who are, leading the course with me. So it's not just me because, you know, as you grow and you get more people in, especially with a, with a one-on-one program, you know, there's only so many people that you can at once. So I've got, I've got a whole board and half of my board members want to be leaders in the, in in this, and they've all been through their own healing. And so it's just amazing, but it's my, as you can tell, it's my passion. Yes. And, and I love it. I've seen so many people set free 
and beginning to step up and walk in the the ministry that God has set before them, yeah. the passion that's in their heart. And and that just it blesses me. And I I just I can't see myself ever doing anything else than this. <laughs> yes. I can hear it, as you said. I can hear it in your voice. I can feel it re- reverberating from you in, in like every cell of your body. I can feel that it's just, it's part of every breath that you take. It's part of everything that you do. And that is such a joyous thing when we find that space that we know God built us for, took us through all the valleys of the shadow of death and all of those things to be able to say, here's my gift to you. I can nurture you along. I can help you through. I can help you heal that wound Mm -hmm. because one of what we've been through, but also because the God, God healed us and he restored us. And then my statement is equip and send. He equipped us to go send our message to other people and then to equip them and send them, you know, and that's discipleship. That is true discipleship. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got goosebumps going on. You're going to hear me say that. I'm like, well, I got goosebumps. So, (laughs) well, I will tell you, you know, the thing that, you know, for me is that, you know, when I realized that it became not what I do, but who I am, that was a real transformation for me. Yeah. Because God took my trauma and turned it into my testimony. Yep. I just want to clap and dance and sing right now because that is so powerful. And I too have been through that. And when you first started talking about, you know, healing and woundedness and how hard it is and everything, I say, it's not for the faint of heart. Like you said, mm-hmm. you have to have courage. You do. And, and you have to believe in yourself and you have to know that God's right there with you, but it's a fight. Mm-hmm. It's spiritual Amen. warfare. You know, the evil one doesn't want us healed and strong and powerful and healing other people and making them strong and powerful, you know, so it's serious business. Amen. It definitely is. Yeah. Well, I commend you. That's, that's incredible. Super incredible. Peggy, why would you consider yourself to be a renegade woman? Well, one of the things that I, and coming through my, my trauma, I really have, I've come to understand that God's word it's important. It's important for us to guard God's word, number one. Yes. And so, you know, I am one who I stand for the truth and I, I'm, and I won't be moved from the truth. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I've learned to go daily to the Lord as far as where my soul is concerned, because I know that at any moment the the enemy is standing right there to put a thought in my mind to either offend me, which offense is the easiest thing for the enemy, because if he can get right. you offended and he can get that little seed in you, then that seed, as long as it, it lives there, will grow into a right. multi, I mean, a tree, you know, with limbs going everywhere with bitterness and anger and resentment and all kinds it's of stuff. Root. Yeah. So if you don't take care of the offenses, and I've I've learned that when I mean I, I've learned to be able to tell when an offense comes, and I can just put my hand up and say, "Uh-uh, no, I refuse to be offended." But it's it's a learning. It's something that you have to to grow into and learn to do. It's not easy because you know, there are, there are many ways to be offended. But as far as being a renegade, I will not. You know, I'm not. I I realize there's so much out there. There's a lot of false doctrine out there. There's a lot of things going on out there. But yeah. I. I stay true to the word of God. I will say, this is the word of God. If somebody doesn't believe it, they don't believe it. I can't make somebody believe something. Right. But I do have a responsibility to, to myself walk in the truth and encourage others to, to do the same thing. Yes. So I, I won't settle for less than what who God is and what he, what he says. I believe every word he says. I trust every word he says. And so therefore... I've committed my life to walk in his word. Now, granted, I'm not always, I, you know, we all fall short. Right. But I know what to do when I fall short. And I try to be real quick to pull myself back. Yes, that's so true. And so eloquently stated by you. And I think, you know, standing for our truth is something that we have to learn through trial and error, how to be able to stand our ground and be strong in that. I always think of, you know, Esther you know, because she was just like, no, this is what I'm doing. And this is it. 
and we, you know, especially as women, it's like want to take care and do all of these things, but we also have to learn how train ourselves, teach ourselves, encourage ourselves to stand our ground. And something that I use for myself is I ask myself, is that theologically sound? Mm -hmm. And I ask myself that question all the time. Is that statement theologically sound? And not that, you know, I'm the guru of theological soundness, but I know my word. I've been to seminary, I know my Bible, all that stuff. But I, like you, try to stay grounded in the word. And I fall down. I say stupid stuff. I do all that natural human stuff. I realize it. I apologize and, and all that. But I'm just reiterating the fact that we as women need to learn how to gracefully and powerfully stand our ground. So. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Super, super cool. I agree. Yeah. What do you consider your most significant accomplishment? Well, you know, I've had a lot of accomplishments in the world, a lot of them, um, most of them through my trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there are things that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, things that, you know, that I've been able to accomplish. You know, I was, the, as you said, the CEO of a large nonprofit for 20 years. I, you know, built it from the ground up and when I left, it was very healthy and mm-hmm. I, I'm proud of that. But really, it, it all comes back to the, the thing that I really am most proud of is what I'm the fact that I was able to come back to who I used to be. Yeah. That, you know, you go when you're in trauma mm-hmm. and you live a life of trauma, you become a different person. Yes, ma'am. Um, you know, you react in different ways, you think in different ways, and you begin to look different. Yes. Um, and I when I look back at a photo 10 years mm-hmm. ago, I see the sadness in my eyes. Yeah. So Peggy, go ahead and elaborate on you talking about coming back to who you used to be regarding trauma, if you would. Yes. You know, I, as I was saying, I didn't know who, who I was at that point because trauma actually, I mean, totally causes you to be a different person. Yes. And once I went through my healing journey and came to the other side, it's amazing how people say to me, you, I don't even recognize you because yeah. people don't realize that not only are you healing from the inside, you are healing outside. Yes. You look different to people. And, you know, it's interesting because I was going through my healing journey during COVID. And so we weren't in church for a while. There were a lot of people. I mean, our church was still uh, open, but a lot of people weren't there. Uh And so I, I was speaking at one of the women's groups one time. And when they said that it was me, when they introduced me, a woman came up to me afterwards who I knew very, very well. And I had just hugged her in church two weeks ago, and she acted like she she had never met me before. Yeah. And she came up and she said, I didn't even recognize you. You yeah. don't even look like the same person. And I said, I'm not. I'm yeah. not the same person that, that you knew. And I think that, that people don't recognize how much they change, not in the journey, but on the other side of the journey. Yeah. And so, you know, that's something that, you know, I always encourage people when, you know, when I meet with them for the first time, when we're, we're going into a, a program together, I always tell them that you're, you're, if you stick with this and you come through the other side, I guarantee you're going to look different, you're going to feel different, and you're going to act different. Yes. And, and they yeah. do. And so I'm really proud of, of the, the fact that it's like, you start something and at the end of it, you see something that may have taken you a while to go through, but you get to the other side so much better, which is really a, a comparison to my 20 years building that other nonprofit organization. Yes. And so it's the same in the spiritual realm. You can have that same effect. And so that's that I'm just very proud of, of it in the spiritual realm. And I'm I'm glad that I that it, I had both the physical and spiritual opportunity to see something from the start to the finish and this change that that can happen in in both both realms very very good it's so everything that you're saying i'm just sitting back in my chair going i don't need to say anything this is so (laughs) incredibly beautiful and i resonate with every single word that you have spoken since we've started this conversation i too am a person that has recovered from extraordinary and intense trauma and looking at how those patterns show up in our lives and how we can still get tripped up, even though we've healed and, and restored and all of that and how 
you look different internally and externally as you heal through the trauma. And I've had people say the same thing to me. They're like, you're unrecognizable compared to that picture. Absolutely. Pre-healing or pre-next level of healing. And so I think it's really important what you have said and that we're talking about the fact that it's not just the internal that changes because the internal changes the external. And as we heal and grow and restore and, and recover and are blessed and poured into and all of those things, we blossom. And then that blossoming is just as physical as it is beautifully spiritual. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yes. I've got my pom-poms here cheering (laughs) because that's just, it's so necessary for people to hear that regularly. So I'm really pleased to hear that. I mean, that you, you yourself have gone through this and, and understand, I'm not pleased that you had to go through it, but I'm pleased that you went through, came to the other side of it. And we can stand in agreement of this, knowing that, yes, this is the truth. This is what God can do. This is what he was in us. Yes, yes, and yes, absolutely. Um, Let's go to the next question, which is, what is your favorite word, Peggy? And why is that? Well, you know, it stands to reason my favorite word is freedom. Uh (laughs) You know, without knowing and receiving that, that, First off, the gift of salvation that, that Jesus purchased for me that set and originally set me free. I mean, it also freedom means that I, I no longer have to be in bondage to my yes. past. Yes. And so yes. to me, that that word is very important because I don't have to be in bondage any longer. Right. I've been set free in my spirit, I've been set free in my soul, and I feel set free in my body. Amen. That is spectacular. What is your least favorite word and why? If my favorite word is freedom, (laughs) my least favorite word has to be bondage. Bondage. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, really as a, as a kingdom woman and, you know, a renegade woman, um, I don't have to be in bondage. We really are called to walk in the, in the newness of, of Christ, what he paid for us. And, And to remain in bondage keeps us from that, that perfect plan that God ordained for our lives. And it, and it's not, it, it really is not how he wants us to live. So to me, bondage is, is one of the worst words for me to have to, to have to think about for myself or yes. even think that there's any possibility that I would ever want to be in bondage to anything again. Yes. Amen to that. My word for bondage is shackles. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, resonates for me in, in a really powerful way. And, you know, I feel like I've, I've experienced that in, in, you know, in my life and in my recovery and courage and all of those things. But the bondage of shackles for me is just like, it's, it's big and no one should be in either one of them, bondage or shackles. No one should mm-hmm. experience it. And when we do find ourselves in those positions to to seek the freedom of our salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ and to, to have a community of believers to lean into when we just can't even take another step or barely even take another breath. Amen. And, and to have women come alongside of us and say, you know what, you got this and, and I got you. So let's go. Yeah. Very, very cool. What would you say is the hardest thing that you have ever done? The hardest thing I've personally ever done Really, I mean, again, it relates to my healing. It was a difficult journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to peel off layers like an onion of things that you've hidden so deep in yourself that yeah. you don't even know that they're there. And, you know, uh, Katie Sousa calls them tombs, like yeah. these, these yeah. concrete tombs with a lid on it. And so many of us, okay, we don't want to open that lid. We don't want to know what's down under there and what could could come up out of there. And so it really takes a lot of courage to push the top off of that tomb and say, okay, I've got to look at it. I've got to deal with it. And so that was really difficult for me because a lot of things about myself came out of that. Yeah. And and they were hard to to look at and hard to deal with because you know when you're in trauma and you you know as we talked about before you become a totally different person the things that you do you do out of hurt 
but you've still done them. Right. And you still have to look at, at what you did and, and what you, how you reacted in situations, which would not have been the way you would have acted had right. you been killed. Right. So I think that was really, really difficult for me, even probably more so than some of the things that I went through in my trauma with my husband, who being a narcissist and bipolar on top of that, you know, um, was very, very difficult. But I think just learning more about myself and how my trauma affected who I was that affected my children mainly. Sure. And, you know, people around me, that was the, that was the hardest thing, opening that tomb. Yeah. And you know what, that is such a great analogy. I've, I've never heard that before. And the minute that you said it, my brain flashed to, um, I've been to Israel uh, several times and, and coming down the road where uh, Jesus walked on the donkey and they were Mm -hmm. waving the palms and everything on the left side of that, as you walk it in present day are all of these above ground tombs. Mm. I mean, the mountain is, is just filled with all of these tombs. And that's what I saw when, when you said that, and just the thinking of, for me, visually of those tombs and moving back, the covering on that tomb and nurturing and loving the wounds of the person that's there. That's like where I went. That is such a powerful visual. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your, your side of that because that, that is powerful as well. Yeah. And I just walking down that road is just like, oh my gosh, but that's a whole nother story. Peggy, what makes you weep? It it's, takes a lot to make me cry. I mm-hmm. normally, I don't cry unless I'm, my feelings are hurt. I would cry mm-hmm. when my feelings were hurt, but you know, I don't get, I don't cry easily at all. And so when I found myself, once I was healed, I found myself whipping and pardon the, the visual of this, but snuff dripping, whipping, yeah, yeah. whipping yeah, I get when, I'm, when I'm worshiping and praising God. Oh, I mean, to me, because I like what he's done for me, it's yeah. just, I cannot, I can't hold myself. I'm crying. I'll be in my car listening yeah. to a song, a worship song. And I'm just, it's just drooling. I mean, you yeah. Know? yeah, no, I get it. I've known to have to pull over to the side of the road. You know? <laughs> so that's, that's the thing wow. that does make me weep the most. And that's, you know, I treasure the times of yeah. praise and worship in my own home, in my car and, right. and in church, you know, um, I'm right there at the altar and, you know, you'll see me, you'll see the tears just coming down. I always bring yeah. clean stuff with me because you'll hear, see the tears coming down, uh, sometimes because you just can't hold it back. It's just so powerful. It is. And again, I'm right there. I'm right there with you and tears aren't always for sadness. You know, weeping isn't, isn't always about the sadness. Weeping mm-hmm. can be for exactly what you just stated is, you know, being brought to your knees by the power and the glory of who God is and how he moves in our lives and what he does for us. It's just, it's inexplicable. And like, there's no other words, you know, besides weeping. So I, I hear you loud and clear. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What do you think is the singular thing that has brought the biggest impact on your life and to your success? Well, I think as I, I mentioned before, I've really had a lot of accomplishments in my life. And I think though, really the single most accomplishment, number one, was when I accepted Jesus as my yeah. savior, mm-hmm. you know, as my savior. And you know, there, you know, it's that there's that progression. You know, you, you accept Jesus as your savior, but you don't necessarily accept him as your savior and Lord at the same time. Right. Some people do, but for me, I accepted him as my savior, but then I could go on living like I'm living. I didn't make him the Lord of my life at that point. And I honestly did not do that until I, I had gotten healed because yes. then I realized it was like, you know, scales were removed from my eyes and I could see Jesus for who he truly was. And it was at, at that point, I knew I had to make him my Lord. I wanted everything that, that he had to offer. You know, I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wanted, you know, the wisdom of God. I wanted whatever gifts he had for me. Um, it was just like this hunger for everything he was and everything he had. And so that has been 
by far the largest impact on my life and the greatest impact, the greatest gift that I could give to anyone, you know, speaking to them to say, if you're really looking for some impact, I can tell you how to get it. Yes. Um, and so I just have to keep going back to that because just remembering who I was, you know, I was saved by the blood of Jesus, yeah. but really didn't know him. I accepted him, but didn't know him and, and right. coming to know him in, in the way that I now know him. There's no, I, I don't see how anybody could turn away from, from God at, at that point or yeah. from anything that Jesus did for them because to know him is to love him. Yes, it is so, so very true. And I'm thankful that you stated it in the way that you did because I think many people follow the same path is that they've accepted him but haven't haven't had the next part of the journey with him. You know, and that's where the deeper richness comes in and and all of those other things. And I think that sometimes people think, okay, well, I did it, you know, okay, I'm good. And and once and done. (laughs) Right, right, right. And and yes, that is good. And yes, that is powerful. And yes, that is the first step. But the sanctification process is until we die, you know? Absolutely. And so the beauty of of how you stated it, yes, I accepted him. And now I, I need to get to know him. I need to experience. Experience him. I need to have him in every breath that I take. Just, yeah, super, super, super powerful. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. If you could go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say? You know, I think the most important thing that I'd say to my the younger me would be to guard my soul mm-hmm. because I was so easily offended. And there, you know, took on so much and, and piled everything in, in my soul. And of course, yeah. didn't know what I was piling up. But when, when I learned that it's my soul that's going to stand before the Bema seat of Christ, yeah. and I'm going to answer for every unrepentant sin that is there, I started saying, oh my goodness, I don't want anything when I stand before the Lord, because I used to be afraid of the Bema seat. I say, oh my goodness, right. oh, my whole life is going to go before I end. But now when I understand that I can't, if I expect that I'm going to receive those, those treasures that I'm piling up in heaven and those gifts that the Lord gave me, sin can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So I need to make sure that I guard my soul so that I, that, you know, I go, if I go with any, they're the least amount that I could possibly go with so that I can hear that he's forgiven me for that and, and well done, good and faithful servants, you know, enter the, into my rest. And so that to me, I would try to get through to my, my younger me, as well as to, to encourage myself to build my life around God's plan for me, because I never realized there was a specific plan for my life that is written in, in a book of my life before I was even born. God had a plan for me. He had a, had a prophecy over me even then. But because he's a God that gives us the you know ability to make our own decisions, he doesn't force his plan on us, but he certainly wants us to walk in his plan. And the fact that I went through so many years not even understanding there was a plan for me or that plan was the most beautiful thing that I could ever even think of, I think it, it, I would really want the younger me to understand that search for that search for the plan that God has for your life and walk in that plan because that's the that's the prophecy over your life that's who he he's called you to be before you even born so I think those things I would would definitely want myself to know and I think as long as I as I I did that you know if if I were younger again and I took that advice and as long and knew that as long as I did that I would end up in the place that I was always destined to be. Yes. Yes, absolutely true. So, so powerful. And it's so interesting to look back and and just observe how Mm -hmm. things went and where God was and what I'll say for me, where I missed God and where he spoke and I didn't like really understand and all of those things, you know, um, it's, you know, I wish gosh, I wish I'd known this, or I wish I'd known that, or if I'd known that, this wouldn't have happened, and it wouldn't hurt Mm -hmm. so bad, and all that stuff. But I also know that every single thing that happened to me, and I know you feel the same way, Mm -hmm. every single thing that happened to me is used to bless somebody else. Amen. He says he'll he'll turn it for good. He he tells us to do that. Always. Yes. 
And I am a witness to that. I couldn't even tell you, I mean, hundreds of thousands of times. I'm a witness to where my pain and my sorrow and my whatever bless somebody else because I made it through because of him, but I made it through. So yes, yes, yes. I'm there. I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. Well, what women have inspired you, Peggy? Well, I think the one that, that really has inspired, inspired me the most is my pastor, Pastor Miriam, you know, at, at my church at Jack, here in Jacksonville, River of Life. You know, she, she's such a woman of God. She literally, I mean, she practices what she preaches mm-hmm. um, and, you know, she just, she inspires me in so many ways, um, not only being just, you know, her relationship with her husband is such a blessing to watch. I mean, she's to me, the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. And so she really inspires me. I think also women like, you know, Priscilla, Priscilla Shire and yeah. Lisa Turkist, they inspire me because I really believe they are, they are women with a prophetic ministry for women. Yes. And, um, and helping to train them up. And so I, I've learned a lot from them. I think as, as far as women in the Bible, I really have been inspired by Deborah. Yes. She was, she was a powerful leader. She was a prophetic judge and she just inspires me as, as does Ruth, because, you know, she stepped out going where, you know, going back to her past, right. And going back broken, you know, because she, yep. she said, I'm Mara now I'm no longer Ruth. Yeah. Because she was broken when she went back, but she went back to a place where God could heal her. Yep. Went back to the place she was, she belonged so that God could heal her. And so she, she also inspires me. Amazing. That's just amazing. And, and to, to look at the women that God places in our lives as mentors, as, as coaches, as um, pastors, as so many different things and facets that, that women are able to reach their hand out and nurture, mentor, care for, encourage other women is just, is so powerful. And as you, you know, kind of indirectly stated that the Bible is full of these women. And I like talking about these women (laughs) because they were Mm -hmm. renegades. I mean, if you think about these women, they were serious renegade women that just took it by the horns and said, listen, this is what I'm doing. And this is why I'm doing it. I know the Lord's got my back and like, get out of my way or, you know, something's going to happen. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Why would you say that soul care is important to you? Well, I think because, you know, and, and I touched on it a little bit, because once I really understood, you know, in, in, in years past, I was, I was a child of God, but I was afraid of God. Yeah. I was afraid of what he was going to call me to do, what he was going to ask me to do. And so that fear of God kind of kept me from growing in him, I believe. But when I really learned about the importance of my soul and it's all about my soul. I had no idea. I mean, I, I recognized, you know, my, uh, my spirit, my physical, but I had no idea what the soul was all about. And once I learned it is really with your spirit, it's the most important part of you. It's yeah. who you are. Yes. And, and so to me, as much as I would care about my body and I do, I, I take good care of my body, but the soul is even more important to, to take care of because yes. your your body's going to pass away, right? But your soul's going to live on forever. Yes. And so, for me, I want to make sure, like like King David did, you know, how he he went before the Lord and he laid his soul before the Lord and say, you know, Lord, if there be anything uh, evil in me, he wanted to dealt with right then, you know, creating me a clean heart. And I find myself doing that on a regular basis. You know, when I spend my time with the Lord in the morning, I always want to make sure that I take care of my soul before I uh, go into my day as well. Yeah. And that's, that's so important. And C.S. Lewis says, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. Yeah. And you just, you just said that Mm -hmm. I'm reiterating with his statement, but it's so true that we don't have a soul. We are a soul. And just to elaborate on that, what kind of soul care practices do you do? If it is just first thing in the morning or throughout the day that keep 
that part of your being nourished and full and um, well cared for? Well, I do, and you know, I, I do start my day that way um, because I think it's important that I go over my day, my previous day, and and I I look at how my day went and was there anything in that day that um, where I acted out of righteousness or uh, in a way that was not pleasing to the Lord, and so you know I'm I'm careful to make sure I'm I'm repentant. But then I have to look out as I'm going through the day as well. You know, there are many times like, you know, my day might, you know, I might be having a a slow day or a day where I'm dragging or whatever, and I might not be as conscious. But on the days that I am conscious of what I'm doing and where I'm going and who am I interacting with, I really try to make sure that I am cognizant of the things I say. I try to watch the words of my mouth. Because that is so important because, you know, they can bring life or death. Yes. You know, there's the power of the tongue. And we so easily step into things that are like, I'll find myself saying, saying something that is an idiom that somebody else, that everybody says, but it really is not a truth as far as I'm concerned, or as far as my soul's concerned, I find out I'm agreeing with something in the negative Um, when when it's not a truth to me, but I'm agreeing with it in the negative. And so those things I try to watch out for because, you know, the more you learn about your soul, the more precious it becomes to you. Yes. And it would be the same as having a great big diamond rock that you want to want to preserve. You want to, you want to take care of, you don't want to see a nick in it or anything else or a chip in it. Um, you want to make sure, I mean, your, your soul is so much more important than that even. Yes. It's so very, very true. It just, it's something that we need to pay attention to and to nurture and to honor and to care for and to protect and to pour into and, and to treat gently and kindly. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it was about two weeks ago now, but in my morning devotional time, and that's how I start off is the morning really early when it's quiet and mm-hmm. the world hasn't awakened yet, you know, and it's just so peaceful and all of that. But I was thinking, and I had this epiphany, God's word, however you want to term it, but the statement was, I need to love myself the way that Jesus loves me. Mm, yes. It was just like, whoa. Yes. Wow. And it was so That's powerful. So powerful. I mean, I took good care of myself. I treat myself really well. I take time. I, you know, do all those things, nurture my soul and make sure I'm not around a bunch of people that are negative, you know, all that stuff. But when it came to Arlana, you need to love yourself like Jesus loves you. Mm. I was like, so powerful. Yes. So powerful. So I just want to share that statement with you and our listeners because it is so powerful. And I think that that's a goal that we um, sometimes don't put those words to. Yeah. To- now I have goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Use it. You Feel free. Use it wherever you like, because I think it's, it's so powerful, so profound, but it's also so true. We need to do that every day and be aware of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right, my new amazing friend, what is your passion piece right now? You mentioned it kind of at the very beginning, but I don't know if you want to talk about our book project or your coaching practice or just give me everything. Well, I'm I'm really excited about the book project because I wasn't going to step in. Um, I've been, you know, God called me about 30 years to go to write a book. Uh-huh. And, you know, I've got 100 pages written, you know, I mean, yeah. for that time. But I just, you know, I've been so busy with so many other things and that kind of got onto the back burner. And, you know, when Luann said something about the book, at first I said, no, I'm not going to step in. And the Holy Spirit just kept bugging me and bugging me. Mm. And so, you know, I I finally got back to her and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And when I did, you know, it was close to the time that the chapter was to be turned in. Right. And so I sat down one day and, and within... An hour and a half, 
I had the total thing completed. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> and I knew it was just pouring out of me what the Holy Spirit wanted to say. And that's exactly what she asked us to do. Yes. So, yes. you know, I submitted it right away. And she said, you know, I think mine was the second one that she got. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but it was like, okay, this is it. This is what you want to say. I'm sending it. Yeah. But it, it, it was such a, it's been such a blessing to work on this project with so many powerful writers, authors, you know, teachers yeah. um, that really have a word for yeah. God's people in this day. And yeah. I'm so excited about the book. I can't wait to have it come out and so I can read what everybody else has. Yes, I, I know. It, it I is really want to, I, I just can't wait to, I mean, I think we're all just going to be devouring it. <laughs> but, but I really am, I'm so excited about the project. As far as right now, for me, I am just so, I'm so excited about where God has me because not only, you know, in my working with women, we now are opening up, um, we've had a man step up and he's going to step into uh, the project with us and work specifically with men because it's one thing when women get healed, but there's so many broken right. men out there. Yes, so I'm really excited about about that and just seeing an army of kingdom women just they're just arrayed and ready for battle. They're untouchable because yeah. you know you know that when the enemy looks into their soul, he can't find anything to grab hold of. Right, and so but they're caring for their souls. And they're ready to rise up and take back their families and their their yeah. children and their their yeah. communities and you know and, and the kingdom of God. And so that that really um, is exciting for me. I'm so blessed to be a part of that, um, yeah. as I know you are as well. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. A, a very very powerful experience that this project has been. And. I echo so many of the statements that you said about what the project has meant to me and connecting with even more incredible, amazing, powerful women that are all for God. Yes. Um, which is just so wonderful. And and the book is called A Kingdom Word Now. And Peggy's chapter happens on day seven. This is a 30-day devotional. So her chapter is on day seven. And her title is, When I Come, Will I Find Faith? Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Or do you want us to wait? Yes. To the book? No, I can, I can okay. tell you where that comes from. It actually comes from the, from the book he's having me write. It's a journey from my, my journey from faith to perfect trust. The Lord gave me an analogy years ago about uh, about that journey that was so vivid. It was, it was basically where... I'm in a in a trauma or a difficult situation, and I've come to this precipice, and God says, jump. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, there's no way. I'm not jumping off of there. You know, and he keeps encouraging me to jump. So I jump, wow. and God catches me. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I come to a situation like that, and I'm at that precipice, and he says, jump, I begin to think about it, and I go, okay, well, he caught me last time. Maybe he'll catch me this time. Yeah. So I jump. And the third time, it's the same thing. I'm jumping faster. Then there comes the time when I go running to that precipice and I say, can I jump now? Can I jump? Because my faith has now become perfect trust in in who he is, what he says he will do, and knowing he will do it. Wow. So that's why, you know, in that chapter, you know, I talk a little bit about some of the ways he has has been bringing me to that. I'm still walking out that journey, but I'll tell you, my level of trust of the Lord now is a hundredfold what it was when I first stepped near that precipice. Wow. What a great testimony just those few words are to how the glory of God has worked in your life and then allowed you to change other people's lives in, in, in so, so many ways. I mean, just really, really phenomenal. And I, I appreciate everything that you've said and shared. I appreciate your love of Christ. I feel blessed beyond measure to have had this opportunity to have a conversation with you. And I'm so thankful for who you are as a woman of God and um, as someone that stands strong to help other people heal. Thank you, Arlana. I, I appreciate that. I'm excited that I'm I'm your your first interview. Yes, <laughs> I'm blessed. <laughs> yes, I am blessed. This is the first interview for a Kingdom Word Now uh, 30 day devotional, which is so exciting. 
And Peggy, I want to ask you if you have any final words or thoughts before we close off. Well, I would like to invite people to check out my website. It's called kingdomwomenrising.org. I'm also, you can find me on Facebook. Um, under uh, I have a group, Kingdom Women Rising. I'm also on Twitter, Kingdom Women Rising. You can find me anywhere on <laughs> Kingdom Women awesome. Rising. Wonderful. I will also make sure and include those in the show notes and uh, make that available um, to people when um, this uh, podcast goes out publicly. I will tell you that if you if you go to my website, uh, Kingdom Women Rising, I have um, three different uh, lead magnets. There are little ebooks there that you, I, I would love it if you would just download a free copy and just read it because I, I it's about about healing, about he, you know, and I think that that you'll get get a lot from it. So yes. um, I just invite you to go ahead and download. Uh, you can actually read it on the site as well, but okay. or you can download it whichever you choose. Okay, super. Well, thank you very much. And I'll make sure and make a note of that in the show notes as well, because, you know, we all need what you've been blessed with as far as your gift for um, healing and restoring kingdom women. So I want to thank you again for joining me. And I look forward to more conversations with you and getting to know you even better. Oh, me as well, Arlana. We're just beginning our journey here. Yes, I believe that is true. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. You be blessed. Okay. You as well, Peggy. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Renegade Women and Soul Care podcast series. Currently, I'm interviewing women that are part of a devotional book that I have a chapter in that is called A Kingdom Word Now. These mighty and powerful authors share their thoughts about working on this book and their thoughts on soul care, and their thoughts on following the leadership of God. I hope that you find them empowering, and I hope that you will share them with others. You can reach me for all things soul care at arlana at therubyredslippers.com. I hope and pray for you to have peaceful nights and gentle days, and I want to remind you to always make time for soul care and soul prayer. Thank you for listening.